Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. creepy kids welcome to the grave plot podcast halloween edition i'm skeletoni i'm taylor of terror and this is our much anticipated conclusion of octoberama 2022 uh if you haven't been listening the last three weeks what are you doing with your life you're just fucking up <clears throat> but uh, Octoberama is our annual celebration of the Halloween season. Starting every Wednesday in October, we do a weekly episode as opposed to our bi-weekly episode. Uh, oh, my. <laughs> bi-weekly episodes. You're welcome. Greetings man. from the interior. <laughs> you want a little trick-or-treat? There's a treat for you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, this is uh, our, our send-off to Halloween, you know, obviously we're a week ahead, or no, not a full week. Our, our salute to Halloween, um, yeah, and we always do. We always round things out with two uh, Halloween themed uh, film reviews. Um, this year, two movies. Well, I don't say two movies. I've been looking forward to one movie we've been very much looking <laughs> forward to, and another movie that came out recently. <laughs> <laughs> and another movie <laughs> that exists. <laughs> no, we will be talking about Damien Leone's Terrifier 2 and David Gordon Green's Halloween Ends. So get ready for that, guys. Uh, this is just the luck of the draw. Halloween landed on a Minnesota week. So we're just going to be doing the reviews. Um, but uh, yeah, we do want to say, you know, make a quick thank you to our patreon grave diggers uh we love you guys we appreciate the support and that's all you're getting today so happy halloween yep <laughs> um tony and i are currently in costumes i am a zombie hot dog tony is uh some kind of meerkat i think <laughs> <laughs> We're eating candy corn, and uh, you can't hear it, but Thriller is on in the background on a loop. Yes. <laughs> we couldn't pay for the rights, because that's that's always a problem for us. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, this is... Uh, very excited, guys. This is going to be our ninth Halloween episode. Now, are we doing spoilers for this one, too? I was on the fence about that. I think I was going to... Talking talk over with you before we recorded this, but here we are. But you hit the button. <laughs> yeah, but you're just like, I'm going to start talking. You can just start recording whenever. 
Yeah, because it's late and you need to get out of my house. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know. What do you want to do? I mean, I feel like we can spoil Halloween Ends because it's streaming. Terrifier 2 is kind of hard to come by. It will be out on stream by the time this episode comes out, though. All right, fuck it. We're, we're going to spoil the shit out of everything. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and your spoilers. That's our version of throwing eggs at your house. Uh, from here, let's go to the reviews. Trick or treat, motherfucker. All right, so like I said, Halloween ends and Terrifier 2. Taylor, where would you like to start? Where, where is, Terri- is Terrifier 2 going to be streaming on? Screenbox? Screenbox, yeah. And it'll be out by the time this is out? I believe so. I believe t- the 24th is the day it comes out. And this right. is the 26th. I just want to reiterate, before we get angry tweets, spoilers ahead for both movies. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's close out the Haddonfield chapter. Let's do, ha- let's do Halloween ends. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. Hello. feels different he's more dangerous Right, so Halloween ends starts on Halloween night 2019, which of course is one year after the events of uh, the first Halloween in this trilogy. Not the first first Halloween, but Halloween that's called Halloween, but it's not John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> Why do they have to make this so goddamn difficult? So what happens when you give people money? <laughs> uh, it should say that it be. It opens up with a, or actually does open, because Lori does a, a, a voiceover kind of exposition, and I can't remember if it's 
right off the bat or if it's after this opening scene? I think it's after this. Okay. But regardless of when it takes place, you should definitely make sure to mention it because it's. I think it's important to the context of the story. Um, okay. Well, wait, what does she say? I don't remember. So she opens up saying that, you know, Michael Myers was a, a blight on this on this town. Haddonfield used to be a peaceful town, uh, you know, where people lived their normal lives, and then he brought this curse upon the town, and now um, it's. Or you know what? I think it does take place after this. Now, just in the context of what she's saying, I think it does take place after. It definitely does. Yes. Okay. So go okay. ahead. So yeah, Halloween night, 2019. Uh, this guy named Corey, Corey Cunningham, is babysitting a young boy. A young boy. A young boy. He's playing Tellywinks. Young boy named Jeremy. Jeremy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's like I said. It's Halloween night, and he says, you know, oh, you know, tells his parents, we'll be fine. We're just gonna watch a movie, and you know, I'll make sure that I'll make sure he has a, a really fun night. Parents go off to this Halloween party. They're watching The Thing. Of course, John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey's just like, you know, if, if it's too scary, we can turn it off. And Jeremy's like, I'm not scared. You're scared, pussy. <laughs> yeah, this is after his mom just got done telling uh, Corey that he's been pissing his bed. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, he's scared of, of Michael Myers and, and all the, the boogeyman stories that he heard from last year. Yeah, and, just and he's afraid in case, of the dark. In case you haven't put this together, after the events of Halloween 2018, you know, all the evil dies tonight shit, Michael Myers... Halloween kills. Halloween kills the evil dies tonight shit. No, I'm saying Halloween of 2018, so the year prior. Yes. That, not not referencing the title of the movie, I'm saying the... the oh, okay. The I, celebration I, I, I of Halloween. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. <laughs> uh, Michael Myers, after all the shit that happened disappeared like a fart in the wind yeah and nobody really seems to care he fucking kaiser sozade it yeah like remember like the the town beat him to death in the street or so they thought and then he just got up and murdered everyone and left and people then like a year later to the day people are just like okay let's go out and party i'm sure that won't happen again right but so Corey goes to the kitchen is he just making a sandwich or something i don't remember why he goes to the kitchen but uh, he goes to the kitchen. He hears this commotion in the living room, and so he goes out. And a lamp's been knocked over, and Jeremy's gone. And this this house is fucking enormous. Like it's got a big giant spiral staircase. And so Corey goes upstairs, and he sees this door is ajar. And so he goes inside, and Jeremy slams the door on him. He's just like, ah, ha, ha, I got you good, you fucker. <laughs> you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> um, but Jeremy's on the other side of the door, just like, Michael Myers, Michael Myers. Blah, blah, blah. And Corey's just like, let me out, or we're both going to get in big trouble. Yeah. Then he starts, like, panicking. And I don't know if it's... I, I don't know if I missed something. Was, it, was something in the, or did he think there was something was in the attic? I don't know if he was just claustrophobic or what exactly set him off. That's kind of what I thought, but he starts like losing Yeah, he it. starts just like kicking the door. And at this point, the parents come home 
And as they're coming in the house, Corey kicks the door open. It hits Jeremy in the face, knocks him off over the guardrail, off the spiral staircase. He falls all the way to the ground and just like smashes in the middle of the floor right in front of the parents. Yeah, and it's funny because the the focus of the camera is on the parents at the door in the distance. Mm -hmm. And up close, out of focus, is Jeremy hitting the floor and bouncing back up (laughs) and then hitting it again. Just a sickening crackle thud. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I did not see that coming. No. And that was the only reaction to this movie I had. (laughs) (laughs) Again, spoiler alert. But, you know, the parents obviously freak out. The mom's just like, you killed my son. What did you do? So Corey gets hauled off to prison. Flash forward three years later, 2022. So this is the future. (laughs) I'm in the future also. (laughs) This is when. Yeah. Laurie starts doing this voiceover and she's talking about, uh, you know, Michael Myers kind of, even though he hasn't been seen in three years, uh, he has left an indelible mark on this town. We see people like killing themselves on Halloween night because they're so scared of Michael Myers or people killing others. People killing others. Yeah, there's at one point we see this couple in a car and they're both dead. And we hear one of the police officers say, you know, do you think he's back? And we see, um, what's his name, Frank? Uh, yeah, De- uh, Deputy Frank Hawkins. Yeah, and he's just like, no. Nope. Will, Will Patton's character. Yeah, he's like, no, nope, Michael doesn't use guns. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, through this voiceover, you know, Laurie talks about how... Haddonfield is still in the grips of Michael Myers, even though he hasn't been seen in, I guess, four years now. Um, we see that she's actually, she's narrating because she's writing a book. Mm-hmm. And she has moved in with Allison, her granddaughter. Uh, of course, Judy Greer's character was killed at the end of Halloween Kills. And Toby House's character. <laughs> I guess he was killed at the beginning, at the in the first one. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. Uh, fucking Toby Huss. Let's see. Corey is is we find out that he got off on manslaughter charges, so he didn't get uh, murder charges, and he's working at his stepfather's junkyard, salvage yard. But just trying to get his <clears throat> life back together. Pretty much, yeah. Like he, you know, we as the audience know that he is actually. I don't know if it's fair to call him a victim, but he is you know, a victim of circumstance that he, he didn't mean to kill anybody. It yeah. was, it was a terrible accident, but the town is just like not letting him live it up, live it down. The pariah now. Yeah. Um, specifically there's these four col- uh, high school kids who would never be friends in real life. No, <laughs> it's like a shitty teen, in, uh, teen movie. Like they're led by this jock guy that looks like Chris Evans and not another teen movie. <laughs> and then, uh, some dude with a, um, massive mullet, big time ape drape. But it's like not like a, like a hillbilly mullet. It's like one of these modern mullets that kids are wearing. Yeah, like remember I texted you and I was like, I saw so many kids at the Kraken game wearing mullets. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like a bowl cut mullet. Yeah, which a bowl cut is bad enough on its own, and so is a mullet. <laughs> mullet is bad enough on its own, and then you combine the two, and you get. The mole cut. <laughs> you can't call it a bullet, so it's got to be a mole cut, right? Yeah, bullet sounds so sounds too cool. Yeah, <laughs> shoot me. 
That was a close one, Bullet. <laughs> and he wears like a tie-dye hoodie, and he's got drumsticks. He's a drummer. He's got to carry drumsticks. Yeah. That's how you know they're drummers. And then uh, there's the two girls in the group. One of them is in like the marching band. I think, I think they were all in the marching band. Because they were all wearing marching band pants. With, were they? Yeah, blue pants with the stripe down the down the side. I was in marching band for a day, so I am quite familiar. So you have those pants. I don't own them, no. They were given to me, and I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> That's why you quit marching band? Yes. <laughs> the pants? Well, in my high school, in order to be pants part... Pants story, boom, I... <laughs> <laughs> in, in my high school, in order to be part of the band, you had to be in the marching band. Really? Yeah. And I was like... Uh, no, <laughs> I'm I'm gone, <laughs> and I left. Okay, well that makes a little more sense why they would be hanging out then. Yeah, but they were so like the 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 fucking main dude, the the alpha. I don't know some dumb name like Taylor or something. <laughs> I want to say it's like Tyler. <laughs> um, he uh. Terry. Terry. Tough guy name. <laughs> Michael Barbieri. That's, that's quite the Italian name. Sounds like somebody in Mr. Cata's class. And then mullet person is Billy. And then Stacy wears like the marching band uniform, like the full uniform. And then there's Margo, who is kind of the... Uh, the conscious of the group, I guess. Yeah. More so than anyone else. Just ginger with big hair. Very big hair. But they like they come across Corey and they're just like, oh, you're that, you're that pedo. You're that kid fucker. Which was never the charge. No. And they're just like giving him shit because he just came out of the um little mini mart buying chocolate milk. And they're like at first they want him to buy them beer. Because they're going to this party. Mm-hmm. But then they realize who he is and they just start like giving him shit and calling him a pedo. And he like gets so mad that he crushes this bottle in his hand and cuts his hand. And then Lori comes along and is just like, yeah. <laughs> Shoo. But of course, she's the par- a pariah as well. Yeah. And they started talking about how she like, uh, like baited Michael and teased him and stuff and drove him crazy and turned him into a killer, which we know never happened. Nope. Yeah, so like Terry is just like, oh, freak show meets a psycho or something like that. Something along those lines, yeah. And Lori's just like, am I the f- psycho or the freak show? <laughs> but then she like, she hands Corey a knife and she's just like, do you want to do it or am I going to do it? I'm like, is she going to fucking kill those kids? <laughs> I was like, what has Lori turned into? But no, they just slash their tires. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 uh, Lori takes Corey to the hospital where Allison is working as a nurse. And she kind of just like, dude, I love hospitals. No, you don't. You love Taco Bell. No, dude. I went to, to, the, went to this hospital and met out with this really hot chick. <laughs> Lori seems like she's kind of just like, hey, Allison, look at this guy. He's kind of cute, right? She doesn't say as much, but this was a weird sequence of events. Yeah. <laughs> like I was watching it and I'm like, wait a minute. What just happened? 
do they know each other already? <laughs> right. Like, I mean, it's weird because like you don't find out until later that Lori kind of was trying to push them together. Because all we see at this point is Lori dropping him off at the hospital. Yeah. And then they suddenly are very close. Yeah. And and the doctor is an asshole. He is. For no reason. Um, But he's basically just like, you know, hey, clean this fucking kid up. Well, he's going to. So he's going to stitch up his hand. He says, all right, well, I'm going to give you a little something to to numb it up so you don't feel it. And he, I assume he pricks him with the needle. Mm-hmm. And he jumps. And that's when, yeah, the doctor's like, all right, well, just fucking clean him up. He's like, here, you do this, nurse. <laughs> yeah, they kind of, what is it called Mockingbird Syndrome when you, like, fall in love with your nurse? Oh, Florence Nightingale. Nightingale. I knew it was a bird. <laughs> right? Nightingale's a bird, right? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm Florence smart. Nightingale effect. But yeah, they had kind of immediately hit it off and start flirting, flirt, flirting. Why is that so hard for me to say? Because you're dumb. I am so fucking dumb. <laughs> Do you ever wake up in the morning and be like, Jesus Christ, I'm dumb? It's like, oh, I can't believe I figured out how to wake up today. <laughs> but so they kind of hit it off and they start hanging out. And she, she Allison is horny. <laughs> like she's, she's, she's really kind of pushing to get him. DTF, man. Yeah. And he's just like super awkward and the, you know, can't really figure it out, but she takes him to this Halloween party. I didn't miss anything vital before that, did I? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. They go to this Halloween party. Corey's starting to come out of his shell. They're having a good time. They're drinking, they're dancing, but then he comes across Jeremy's mom at the bar and she's just like, how fucking dare you go outside and act like a normal person. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, what else am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, um, it's kind of one of those situations where it feels like she was, she's like the only way for her to have any closure is if he kills himself. Like, yeah. Or, you know, she just, she, she probably knows I'm, I'm fucking psychoanalyzing a movie character, but it's like, she probably knows the truth, but doesn't want to face it because like, you know, she has a scapegoat now. Yeah, she has somebody to blame. Yeah, where whereas if just admitting that it was an accident, and no nobody was truly to blame except maybe her little shithead kid, um, that you know that would just break her to be to to actually admit that there's nothing that could have. She has no outlet. She has nothing no, nothing to put all her grief upon. Yeah. Yes, I mean scapegoating. That's that's. The simple one word answer is yes. Yeah. You need somebody to blame. Yeah, she, she basically yells at him and just says, "You know, how dare you show your face here? You know, why are you? Why are you here?" And so he, you know, kind of freaks out and he bails. And Allison chases him down, and you know he, she's basically trying to tell him, you know, I I understand where you're coming from. I'm I'm also broken from this thing that happened. And he's like, "Yeah, but you're a hero." Like people look at you and they, they see this person, this survivor. They look at me and they see the opposite. They see a killer. Mm-hmm. So, um, he leaves, walks away and gets confronted by the high school kids and they kind of, you know, push him around and eventually Terry throws him off this bridge 
And Margo's just like, you, you fucking killed him. He's fucking dead. <laughs> and Terry's just like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Like, you're so cool, Terry. <laughs> but so Corey wakes up. He's, he's not dead. He wakes up in the sewers. And he comes across this, this guy wearing a William Shatner mask. Who the fuck is this guy? Who lives in the sewers, apparently. Like, he's a fucking ninja turtle. (laughs) But obviously, it's Michael Myers who grabs Corey around the throat. And what did you call it? Oh. (laughs) Yeah. The penance stare, which comic book people would know that that is one of Ghost Rider's powers. He basically looks into your soul. And decides whether you're, you know, pure of heart or if you're, you know, a, a sinner. sinner. Yeah. And then basically he takes all the pain and anguish that you've visited on other people and turns it in on you. Michael doesn't do that part. He just, no. he chokes him and he like, he, there's these flashes of like what Corey did and, and also the stuff with the kids and how he's been treated since. And so Michael is just like, oh, go away with you. Be gone. <laughs> Be gone. Yeah, he just kind of... And just lets him go. And I'm like, hang on. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like Michael like saw him as like a kindred spirit or something. Yeah, I mean, that's the Wikipedia article like uh, says uh, that he sensed the same darkness in Corey's eyes. Tony's making a wank motion. I'm making a jack-off motion right now. But so Corey like, leaves the sewers and this old homeless man comes up to him and is just like, you know, you, you saw him in there, didn't you? And takes a knife and he says he's going to, does he say he's going to go kill Michael or does he say he's going to kill Corey? He says, I'm Michael Myers. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and tries to stab him in his stomach with Lori's knife. Yeah. And Corey turns it on him and stabs him and then just kind of keeps stabbing him. Yeah. A few times. And then he just th- throws the knife. I'm like, that's not how you do that. <laughs> When he said, like, so you, you saw earlier in the movie this homeless guy, and he's down, he's living, <laughs> he's living under a bridge with bridge people. <laughs> Are they boiling denim? <laughs> boiling denim. <laughs> and it kind of pans over to a, the, this um, drainage pipe where Michael is. But they don't actually show him there. But it's just like, oh, he must be in there. Right. It's like, oh, here's a spoon. <laughs> Take your medicine. Yeah, this was right after we see Allison get pulled over by her ex-boyfriend, who's a cop. And then it, it like pans down because she's on the bridge. And then it pans down. Was it just me or did this guy look like he was at least 10 years older than her? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> was he in the other two movies? I don't recall. I don't, I don't recall her dating a cop. No, she was dating some dickhead that he was in high school with yeah so she must have dated him somewhere in the four years between the movies yeah. i guess um so her uh allison and Corey go out on a date and this this police officer shows up and just starts harassing him and allison's basically just like you know sometimes i just want to leave this world behind <laughs> <laughs> you gotta leave this world behind <laughs> Uh, no, she says, you know, I just want to leave this town behind and just Must be fucking nice. Forget it all and just, just burn it all down. And Corey's just like, if you want to burn it all down, I'll light the match. 
And it's like, ooh, broody. <laughs> but so that night. We're awfully uh, angsty for people who aren't teenagers. Yeah, really. So that night, Corey leads this, this police officer. I think his name was Doug. Do you know? Um, Doug? Doug? Going once, twice, Doug? Officer Mullaney? <laughs> is that him? Uh, where the fuck is it? I just, I, like, I saw it. Um, damn it. Yes. Just... Yeah, Officer Mulaney. Yep, but but is it Doug? Oh, you're right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So well, Mulaney follows him. That's gonna be funny. There's a, there's a joke somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Mulaney follows Corey uh, under this bridge, and Corey like lures Mulaney into the sewer where Michael kills him. Uh, this is Michael's first kill of the movie. And we are at just over 52 minutes in at this point. I made sure to look. I was like, really? This is this is the first kill? Michael's first appearance isn't until like 35, 40 minutes in? Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, and so Michael just stabs the shit out of this guy. And Corey is like, he's into it. <laughs> He's like holding Mulaney down. Yeah, he's like, show me how you do it. Yeah. And, but, and I should say that Michael is still fucked up from the things that happened to him four years ago. Like he lost was two fingers, I think. Yes. He's burned. Mm-hmm. He's he looks like he's holding some kind of injury on his chest. I can't remember what happened to him, but he's fucked up still. Yeah. And, and he's living in a in a drain pipe. Right. So, you know, there's that going on. Things aren't going well for him. <laughs> right. He would have been better off just staying just in the Just not killing hospital. anyone. <laughs> Who taught him to drive? <laughs> but Allison is up for this big promotion, and she thinks that she's going to get it, but then her coworker ends up getting it. And I guess... You don't find that out until later, but we find out that the coworker is actually banging the doctor. Go figure. And that's that's why she got it. Because she's this fucking chatty, you know, sexy redhead. So you just kind of you pretty much already know. Yeah. We see them go to the doctor's house, which this house looked so familiar. I've I've seen this house either in another movie or in a TV show. I think it may have been in an episode of Entourage. I mean, they did have a lot of mansions in Entourage, but I don't think they did a lot of Entourage. It's from The Office. <laughs> Michael made him start watching videos, some, some kind of HR video or something, and he just like enjoyed having everyone watch videos together, so they started watching episodes of Entourage. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> they just show Michael go, Entourage. <laughs> But so they go to this house and they're getting ready to bang. She's she. <laughs> the doctor's like, "Yeah, go take a shower. <laughs> go ahead, go clean off that cheap perfume. Scrub <laughs> your scrub your crotch. You will be clean before I enter you." <laughs> um, but she hears something 
And so she goes out and she sees Corey in this, the scarecrow mask that he wore to the Halloween uh, party, uh, the dance. And he's just stabbing and stabbing. Or no, he's choking him out. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he notices this girl, whatever her name is. And so he starts like banging on the, the screen door or the sliding glass door. And then Michael is in the house and he grabs her, like pins her up against the wall and just stabs her and stabs her and stabs her. He's just all stabby. Like, like he does. Yeah. And he like pins her to the wall. Like, yeah. With the, the knife. That's just like his gimmick. He does. That's his thing now. Yeah. <laughs> he saw it in a movie. <laughs> But so Allison and Corey go up on top of the WURG radio station, The Urge. <laughs> what? Oh, fuck. What was it on Parks and Rec? Something, oh, uh, Crazy Iran the Douche. <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't Nick Kroll and who else? Um, uh, oh, I don't know if I know his name. All right. Well, let's, let's keep this train rolling. Yeah, um, <laughs> So they, go, they go up on the roof and they, they're just talking. They decide they're going to leave Haddonfield and just, you know, leave this world behind. <laughs> <laughs> but Lori starts, you know, realizing that Corey is not on the up and up. Even though she was the one that, like, helped him and pushed them together and all this stuff. But she um, goes... Corey gets kicked out of his, his house by his... <laughs> Like super stereotypical Jewish mother, <laughs> but she's also like, uh, uh, fuck, what's the term? Um, helicopter mom. I mean, kind of, but like, it, there's something we like weird about it because she like at one point he's like trying to leave. He's like, I'm fucking out of here, mom, and she like kisses him on the mouth. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> And he like pushes her away and she storms off. <laughs> His stepdad's just sitting there watching it happen. Yeah. He's like, I hope you find love. <laughs> like, Go. Run. <laughs> Save yourself. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, but so he goes to the house of the the family with the Jeremy's family's house. Because it's been abandoned at this point. And so he's sleeping there. Yeah. And he wakes up and Lori is there just like being creepy, sitting in a rock. I don't even know if it was a rocking chair, but she's rocking in it. She's rocking it. Hey. And she basically tells Kelly Ripper. <laughs> Kelly Ripper. She basically, uh, zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> she, she basically tells Corey, uh, stay the fuck away from Allison. And he's like, you know, this is all your fault. Like you, you're the one that got Michael all riled up and you're the one that made, made Michael kill everybody. So, you know, maybe glass houses and all that. <laughs> but he, he also flat out says, you know, if, if I can't have her, no one will. Which is very foreboding. So on Halloween night, uh, Corey goes to the sewer and he fights Michael. <laughs> and Michael doesn't kill him. He, he steals Michael's mask. And he starts going on a rampage dressed as Michael. He lures the high school kids to the, the junkyard and he kills them one by one. Starts off by jamming the drumstick through Billy's eye. I gotta say, he is a pretty effective killer. He is. Uh, 
it was around this time I was like, oh, fuck, they're doing a passing of the torch gimmick. You didn't pick up on that earlier? Well, this is the part where I really thought that I was like, this is not going to be the last movie. Oh. Like, I picked up on earlier that it was going to, like, that Corey was, you know, going to be a, a killer. But this was the part where I was like, they're, like, going to make more movies. <laughs> and it's going to be Corey as Michael, and that's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, runs over Margot with a truck. Uh, does he just bash Terry's head in? Yeah. With the, with the pipe or whatever? Uh, no. What does he do? He... Fuck, I can't remember how he knocks him down. So yeah, he he runs over Margot. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's still not, alive. She's, not, she's, yeah, she's pinned she's... under like a chain link fence. Yeah. Then uh, who's the other one? Uh, Stacy. Stacy. She tries to help Margot. But Corey comes out of the truck holding his big ass fucking pipe wrench. Right. And just like she was when he just bashed her face, <clears throat> her head in. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly what he did. Like it, it almost looked like he like severed her neck from her shoulder because it looked like her head was kind of hanging offside. Um, and then, yeah, Terry comes up. Terry shoots the stepdad because the stepdad comes and tries to like tell Terry to stop. Oh, that's right. And Terry Terry fires right as the dad stands up and he shoots him right in the head. Right, 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 right. So I can't remember how Corey knocks Terry down, but he gets him down and then he takes a fucking <laughs> blowtorch oh, to his face. Yeah. And I'm like, like yeah. In his mouth. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, That's like some fucking Jason Voorhees level shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> and so he goes home and he kills his mom. Uh, he kills the DJ at the local radio station who told him to, to fuck off when they were up on the roof. Like they came down from the roof and he came out and was just like called the, him and Allison freaks and told him to fuck off. He also kills male girl Darcy. He kills male girl Darcy in a, the span of about 45 seconds. Apparently her whole scene got cut. Oh, really? There yeah. was more to it? Yeah, but I, I think there's talk about it here either being released online or something dvd or, or something or or you're being on a, like a, an extended cut or you know deleted scenes or something like that mm. yeah because she like she's the receptionist at the radio station and she's like stands up and says something to Corey, and then he kills her like it's that fast right <clears throat> uh we didn't see Lori sitting at her in i think you got to talk about the dj's death because that was fucking sick <laughs> Why am I not remembering it? He comes and he's, I think he slams his head on the, on the console, breaks his jaw. So it's just hanging there. And then he takes scissors and cuts his tongue off. Oh yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> These are better kills than Jason, than, no, not Jason, uh, Michael ever did. <laughs> uh, Fuck subtlety. <laughs> We see Lori sitting at home and she calls the police and she says, I'd like to report a suicide. And we see her take a gun and she like, you know, puts it under her chin and like up up next to her temple and stuff. And we realize that Corey is in the house and he opens the door and she's standing there with the gun pointed at him. She's like, do you really think I'd fucking kill myself? Shoots him. He falls down the stairs. Just like Jeremy. Eh? Right. Yeah. Mm? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck subtlety. 
but him and Lori, you know, kind of start arguing and stuff. And he says, again, he says, you know, if, if I can't have her, no one can. And he stabs himself like right up under the chin. And Lori pulls the knife out right as Allison walks in. Of course. And so, of course, she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, let me explain. At this point, Michael shows up, gets his mask back. Him and Lori start fighting. Uh, this is like the whole scene you see in the trailer is right here where they're, where they're scrapping. Mm. She manages to pin him down, like by basically crucifying him with butcher knives, pins both his hands down. And then she like very slowly slits his throat. Or at one point he like tries to get up and she hits him with a frying pan or a skillet and then like slowly slits his throat. And I'm like, bash his head until it's jelly. <laughs> like, why do people in these movies never finish off the killers when they get a chance? Glory, this has been 40 years. How do you not know how this works yet? But Frank and the cops show up, and they're... well, she does. She she puts a knife in, like under his arm. Yeah. And then slits his throat. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's gonna bleed out nice and good. Right. But this is Michael fucking Myers we're talking about. But you're thinking of Michael Myers with seven movies of legacy, not Michael Myers, who, you know, basically he's a you know seventy something year old man. Well, yeah. I think a lot of people are still having trouble with that distinction. But still, I still say you bash his head until it's jelly. <laughs> like, well, this sure, guy I mean, already got out of a fire. He was beaten to death. And he still came back every time from that, so. But then Frank and the police came, come, and uh, Allison is there, and she's just like, you know, he's dead. And uh, Lori's like, you know, not not quite yet. And then slits his wrists. And then they take Michael's body and they put it on their car and the whole town follows them to the junkyard where they put him into a giant industrial shredder and you just see his body just like crumple up and uh, disappear. And then she finishes her little memoir and uh, Frank shows up and she's like, tell me about the cherry blossoms. And then they walk off hand in hand and it's, it's over. Didn't like it. This movie sucks. I kind of liked it. <laughs> I thought this was not a typical Halloween movie, obviously, but I thought it was a good movie. <laughs> and you know what? I think it's funny just seeing the public re reaction to this. A lot of people hate this movie, but these are the same people who love Season of the Witch and people who love Friday the 13th 5. Movies that have nothing to do, well, not nothing, but have very little to do with their legacy characters. And I don't understand it at all, especially the people who love Friday the 13th 5, because it's very similar. It is. I, I remember thinking that while I was watching it. Yeah. Um, I hate Friday the 13th 5. I, I like Halloween 3, though. I wouldn't say I love it, but I like it. Sure. I don't really like Friday the 13th 5 either, but that's because I'm very precious about Jason. I'm not about Halloween. I've I've been clear about that in, in the past years. 
I thought this was a creative spin, like not not making it about all about Michael, which is another complaint that people have made. You know, people who stand by Season Lewis say, well, the original plan was not to make it all about Michael. It's like, okay, they made a movie that wasn't all about Michael. <laughs> What's the problem here? Because it was portrayed as a movie all about Michael. Well, sure, that's marketing. But you got to get past that and look at it as like, yeah, this is showing, uh, you know, how just the, the, the disease of being a pariah you know, how you can be so browbeaten by uh, uh, um, a society or... Yeah, the know, first half of this movie feels like an anti-bullying PSA. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was very interesting to see somebody, because Corey, I, I can't remember if he actually said this, but Corey presented at the very beginning as being a very upstanding kid. Um, he's in college. He's studying, to, he's studying engineering. Uh, and he seems like a very nice guy. Yeah. And to see how he ends up because of what the public has done to him. I mean, he's not uh, absent of blame, sure. Especially, you know, as, as things progress. But that's the thing, though. Is like, he, yes, he is portrayed in the beginning as a very, not like, not even just a normal guy, but like a very good kid. Um and but then like Lori talks about I looked in his eyes and I saw the same uh, eyes as Michael and, you know I saw the, the the blackest eyes like Adele's eyes, <laughs> um, and so it's like but Michael was always portrayed as like evil from the beginning yeah like when he killed his sister it was because he was evil it wasn't anything that you know that turned him that he was reacting to and so it's like if if Corey has that same evil in his eyes then why was he portrayed as such an upstanding citizen at the beginning. I don't think it's necessarily trying to compare him to Michael. That's literally what Lori says. I don't think it's suggesting that Corey was inherently evil. I think it was suggesting that what has happened to him, the way he's been treated and just treated as if he is pure evil and he's you know this monster that, that it ultimately turned him into one and it, I mean I, I'm not defending the movie because there are some very poorly written parts of in this throughout this entire thing which is a very poorly poorly written parts that probably should have been workshopped a little bit more I think it's pretty a pretty novel idea the way the, the what they carried out in this. I think <clears throat> that it's a pretty novel idea that would have worked well in a movie that wasn't a Halloween movie. Because I think I think Michael was completely misused in this movie. I don't know. Like personally I thought the the premise of the original and not no not 78 the 2018 i thought that premise was ridiculous <laughs> the fact that this fucking was it septuagenarian <laughs> broke out of prison and made his way back to kill some girl that he didn't kill 40 years prior who's not his sister who's not his sister 
I thought that was absurd, but people ate it up. But I think that movie was better done. Maybe so. But, you know, then Halloween came, Halloween Kills came out, and I think everybody agreed that movie sucked mm-hmm. just because it had stupid plot points. Yeah. And I feel like people were just so embittered by that that they couldn't accept this one. I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else. I don't know what other people think or feel or thought. Um, I, I yeah, I'm I'm mainly just talking about what I see out there. There's the anger of people coming off of people about this. See, I'm not like I'm not vitriol about it, but I just no. didn't think it was a good movie, and I didn't like I didn't have high hopes going into it. I didn't have low hopes going into it. I was just like, okay, this is let, let's see how they wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you end the Halloween franchise? Yeah. Because, you know, it seems like no matter what they've done to Michael, he's been able to come back, whether it's this timeline or the other timeline or the Halloween 3 timeline or whatever the fuck timeline we're on now, the darkest timeline. <laughs> but it, So it was more curiosity than anything. And like I said, Michael isn't in the movie for 45 minutes or so, and his first kill isn't in until almost an hour in. And so I just, like I said, I felt like Michael was misused the, yeah, I think the premise, if it was like an origin story for a new slasher, could have worked. And But like I said, there was a point in this movie where I was convinced, I was like, this is not the end. I was like, they're going to keep making movies with Corey as the killer. And I was like, and, that, and people are going to be mad. It, it did seem like it was going that way for a while. And, and again, going back to Friday the 13th 5, it was, it, that was supposed to sp- for a a legacy of people using Jason's legacy to carry out their own means and basically turn Tommy Jarvis into the next Jason. You know, obviously that didn't come to fruition because it was so widely hated. Yeah. <laughs> like this was like Friday the 13th 5, but without the twist of it. Right. Because in Friday 5, you think that it's Jason until you find out it's not. In this, you you know it's not Michael the whole time. Right. But no, I, I thought it was a, a, a creative... Like, again, I do not have a soft spot in my heart for Halloween like you do. So I think our judgment of this movie is obviously going to be very different. Um, I thought this was a creative uh, way... Maybe not necessarily to end the series, because I don't think they should have made these three movies to begin with. That, that's that's a perfectly fair <laughs> complaint. Um, but uh, if you're going to go this way, I thought it was a pretty uh, creative and novel way to, to carry it out. All right. I just think it's weird to be like, how do we end this series? Well, what if we make a movie without Michaels at all until the very end? <laughs> Like there's a scene where after Corey stabs himself and Lori is like sitting on the ground and she's got her back to a mirror and I just kept waiting for Corey to sit up mm, yeah, like Michael did mm-hmm. in, the, in the first movie and this one. Yeah. So like I was just waiting for that moment when Corey would sit up, but it never didn't, didn't happen. Yeah. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, how am I going to react if he does? Cause like part of me is going to be like, that's cool. That's a good homage and stuff. And Barbie's going to be like, that's stupid. He should be dead. <laughs> right. But in theory, all the stuff that happened to Michael 
Well, yeah, he should obviously be he dead. He should be way dead. <laughs> Super dead. Um, But, you know, on the same thing, when you first see Michael, you do see that he got fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not without consequence. He's not, you know, inhuman. He's a man. Yeah. Um, and, and again, like I think a lot of people still have, even though they <clears throat> hated a lot of it, they still see Michael as this unstoppable supernatural killer, even though that's all been erased. It's Has gone it though? Now. Like the first movie, he was burned alive, survived that. He didn't burn alive though. He got out of there. <laughs> he should have been burned alive. Well, sure. <laughs> He was then beaten by a bunch of people, which probably should have killed him. That didn't stop him. But again, you see what the effect is. He, like four years later, he's still fucked. Yeah, I don't know. It's just rallying, I guess. You know, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I'm not like some diehard Halloween. Like you, you know me. I like the first three. Yeah. Three, obviously, for a different reason than the first two. I think four through the rest are all shit. <laughs> I'd argue that uh, resurrections. Or no, sorry, not Resurrection. I was H- going to say, where are you going with this? H- H2O is not too bad. H2O is probably uh, the next best, yeah. But that retcons everything after two. Yes. C- you know, counting three is something else. Yeah. So <laughs> this, this series needs to just be dead. It needs to stop. And I'm hoping that The, the Exorcist... Because, you know, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are supposed to make an Exorcist trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the filmmakers look at this and go, maybe maybe we start with one. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I know it's not a, popu- a popular opinion, but of, I think of the three new movies, honestly, I think this was the most imaginative of, of all of them. Imaginative, uh, I would say probably. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Like the the one thing that we both said about the the first movie in 2018 was that it felt like a John Carpenter movie. It had that that tone and that kind of feel of the original 1978 movie. This one does not. Yeah, this feels like this is fully David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's Halloween. Yes, like how like how Rob Zombie's Halloween was Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah, this. Is like Halloween Kills felt less so, but still kind of had that it could be a John Carpenter movie. This feels very much like them doing their own thing, like both like tonally and cinematography and everything. This was them moving in their own direction and moving away from anything Carpenter had to do with it. Yeah. And, you know, I've made my opinions about John Carpenter pretty clear too, I, th- I think. Um, I don't, you know, hold him in any. You know, special, especially high regard over any other master of horror, even though he, I'm pretty sure his Twitter handle is master of horror. So, <laughs> you know, that's what he thinks of himself. Um, and uh, the horror master. Oh, is that what? It, okay. Well, regardless. Anyway. Yeah. I So this not, this being a tonal shift. And, you know, pretty much every other kind of shift away from Carpenter doesn't bother me that all, all that much. I, I thought this was 
a, a good way to round round out 40 years of legacy personally i mean that, that for for me i think it was kind of it was a little hokey the end yeah the end was I, stupid. yeah clearly you hate the, it the more and more people that were showing up for this whole grandiose ceremony i was just like oh come on this is dumb yeah and like maybe this is unpopular but i think Lori should have died i kind of thought she was going to so I just, did i i just assumed she was and on, like in the trailer when she says maybe the only way he can die is if i die she doesn't say that in the movie you're right it <laughs> didn't even occur to me um anyway so yeah it's it's we're just carrying on now and talking. Yeah, circles, we're just so. going around in circles. Uh, anyway, um, I think it's better than kills. I'll say that. Oh, for sure, leaps and bounds. Um, do you have the ratings up? Uh, yeah. What did I give Halloween? Um. Oh, I gotta go match all sheets. Um. Fuck. Six. Did I really? Wow. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which strangely is the same thing you gave Halloween Kills. Did I really? Well, I I think I'll give this one a seven. Man, how, why did we both give Halloween Kills a six? I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, well, uh, maybe we didn't hate it as much, at the, at, you know, right off the bat as we do now. <laughs> maybe I felt like we did. <clears throat> There's, a, I mean, you know, going back and looking at our old ratings, it's it's a snapshot in time. You know, I remember when we thought we were too harsh on movies. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I know. I said I feel like this is better than Kills, but I want to give this a five. <laughs> So I mean I I guess I don't really want to base it on my past reviews so I'm going I'm going with a 5. All right. I do feel like <clears> I don't <throat> hate it as much as other people that I have seen. Like I saw people saying it's the worst in the franchise like including all the timelines like and I I don't think it's that bad. No. That's that's an asinine statement. Okay, <clears throat> but I did find myself making this face a lot. <laughs> That's a good podcast right there. <laughs> totally. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. This is the one we've been looking forward to, guys. This is Terrifier 2. So, did you figure out what you're dressing up as tomorrow? He wants to dress up as a real guy who murdered nine people last year. Oh, you're not doing that. It's just a costume. <laughs> that guy's still out there what's up with you and this clown all of a sudden you're like obsessed they never found his body what if he decides to come back here i wouldn't worry about it wait a minute aren't you that guy from the costume shop sir what are you doing it wasn't me he was covered in blood on his shirt and his hands when he got here i'm telling you it was him Ellie. Right down to the little black dot on the tip of his nose. You're really weird, you know that? <laughs> I believe him. About what? Something really bad's gonna happen tonight. No, I, I know when Jonathan's lying, okay? I, I could 
hear it in his voice. Something's, something's wrong. Look, we're gonna have fun. Mm -hmm. Stress-free environment. Yep. Speaking of surprises, kids, we have a very special guest with us today. All the way from Miles County, please welcome Art the Clown. So I want to start out by saying I love that it is just called Terrifier 2. That is vintage, just 80s slasher. No right subtitle. There. No subtitle, just Terrifier 2. Like Friday the 13th 2. <laughs> Halloween, well, no, I guess it was a curse of Michael Myers. Um, or no. No. What was, curse was four. What was Halloween Two, did it? I think it was just Halloween too. It was the Return of Michael Myers. That's what it was, wasn't it? No, Return is five. Six is Curse. I swear, Halloween Two has a subtitle. Halloween, Halloween Two, Halloween Three, Season of the Rich, the, the Rich, <laughs> Season of the Witch, Halloween Four, The Return, Halloween Five, The Revenge, Halloween Six, The Curse. Yeah, no, it's just called Halloween Two. I could have sworn there was a subtitle. Okay, you're, well, you're anyway, wrong. okay, well then that. Again, to my point, Halloween 2. <laughs> uh, not Nightmare on Elm not Street. Not Nightmare on Elm Street. Not Hellraiser. Chucky, no. Chucky 2, yeah. yeah. Or no, it was Child's Play 2. Child's Play, yeah. But that, that's just how they did it in the 80s. That was a classic horror movie title. I saw something the other day, and it said, Child's Play 2, sorry, Jack, Chucky's back. And I'm like, that's not the name. That's, the that's just an advertising slogan. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's a tagline. Anyway, um, so yeah, so this is the uh, hotly anticipated and very successful sequel of Damien Leone's Terrifier from... I mean, relatively speaking. What do you mean? I mean, it made $2.3 million opening weekend. Well, yeah, that's... Yeah, well, Smile made $40 million, so... I don't give a fuck about Smile. That's why I said relatively speaking. I'm not trying to insult it. I'm just saying... I'm... Okay. Sure. <laughs> anyway... Um, yeah, then Terrifier, that came out in what, 2016, 17? Is that old, really? 16. God. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, continuing the story of Art the Clown. So we saw at the end of Terrifier, again, spoilers abound, guys. The end of Terrifier, um, Art is resurrected for some unknown reason after shooting himself in the head. Head, blowing his brains out the back of his head. Um, he's resurrected in uh, the um, Miles County morgue. He uh, kills. So I mean, we're now we're here on the Terrifier 2. He kills the coroner um, by beating him to death with a um, surgical hammer. <laughs> Just like bashes his head in, just bashing, bashing away. 
Um, and uh, just, and then he gouges his eye out because I think I don't remember anything in Terrifier that happened to Art's eye. Do you remember? Mm-mm. So it must have just blown out his eye when he shot himself. I don't remember Art being resurrected at the end. I remember him like just kind of waking up. I don't remember there being like a yeah. All the lights started. I mean, basically where this first this one picked up is all the lights were flickering, and Art comes back to life. But there was no like ritual or anything. No, no, no. Uh, I feel like there was like maybe like you know I watched it on was it Thursday I think should have committed this to memory. But I feel like maybe there was like some wisp like whispering could hear in the background but i i don't know okay anyway light yeah lights are flickering he sits back up blah, blah, blah. anyway so he's beating this guy to death <laughs> uh and he plucks out his eye dude i loved this so much so good oh, it was so good like I, I mean i'll tell you right now i laughed a lot at this movie my dad and this i was were, the funniest part though <laughs> my dad and i were in the theater laughing how many people were in your theater um 15, 20, maybe? I want to say we had like 10. But like when we when we got there, the guy that scanned our tickets, he was like, oh, everybody's seeing this. And then we were just like looking around the theater like, where are they? Yeah. Unless he just meant like the earlier show or something. But You, you could tell the people that were just there for the hype at the, oh, end, yeah. at, at the end of the movie because they just walked out. I mean, we just walked out, but it was also one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, well, that'll do it. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the, the stuff with Leone afterwards. Uh, I especially after me and you stayed for the after 31 with, with the Rob Zombie stuff and it was so fucking boring so fucking burned on that anyway <clears throat> so yeah Art's beating this guy to death he plucks out his eye tries to replace his own and he's you know he's just like Art doesn't have any lines so it's kind of hard to describe exactly what he's doing but he's just like going yeah he's like, like <laughs> hey look at my new eye <laughs> but it's like bulging out <laughs> and so he just continues to beat this guy to death uh, until his head is just mush, and then he rips it in half. <laughs> so good. Um, and so, guys, just this is a two and a half hour movie, and I'm gonna try and burn through this as quickly as I can. So, buckle in. <clears throat> he dumps out this trash bag and starts filling it up on surgical tools, uh, and walks off into the night until he finds a laundromat. <laughs> He strips down, except for his. Oh no! I guess he even strips his uh his uh, his cowl. His yeah, his head head stocking. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I don't know if a head stocking has that hole, but I, otherwise, I don't know what it would be called. Uh, anyway, he strips down, throws everything in the wash, so he can wash all the blood off of him, including his tiny little hat. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's just weird seeing him because we've seen David's naked body in the first one mm-hmm. uh, he's a very slender guy um but it was just for some reason it was really funny seeing art just sit there completely naked you know his face is all painted up right obviously but he's just sitting there with his giant fucking shoes on and his <laughs> and his white fucking crew socks uh um reading the newspaper, reading the newspaper and laughing at like four killed in a car crash right <laughs> And there's this guy sleeping in the in the laundromat who wakes up to see him. Or no, sorry, I guess I'm skipping over an important part here. He looks over, Art looks over to another area in the laundromat, 
and sees this little girl who... Let's not forget that art part of Art's brain is hanging out. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, he's still got the big wound in the back of his head. Um, he looks over and sees this little girl who looks like she's been through some shit. Because you see, see her from the back. She looks like she's been through some shit. She turns around and her face is as fucked up as Art's. She's got... I mean, it's it's painted somewhat like a clown, maybe not as quite as extensive as Art. Um, and she's got the same fucked up teeth. And uh, I think she's got wide eyes, right? Like, you know, like white contacts with, you know, just her only her pupil showing. Uh, I think they were yellow. I mean, I know there's parts where they glow yellow, but. Keep talking. Okay, um, so she sits there, and I think she waves at him, and she's just sitting there smiling, and then, for whatever reason, just shits her ass all over the floor. Yeah, And it's like shooting out, it's like shooting diarrhea shit. Okay, so kind of like a pale blue. Bluish, greenish, yeah. Yeah. then she gets up and walks over to him, and they start playing patty cake. Yep. And this is when the other guy in the in in the laundromat wakes up to see Art playing patty cake with himself. Yeah, just with no one. So apparently, this girl is an apparition in Art's mind, uh, or you know that only he can see. Um, we don't really ever figure out exactly who she is. We know that she's some kind of entity that's helping Art. We don't yeah, know she's just in the credits as Little Pale Girl. Yeah, that, that's that's the only way she's described, Little Pale Girl. Um, and not even in the movie. That's just in the credits. In the credits, yeah. How, how Leone himself has described her as Little Pale Girl. She's never addressed other than this little girl. That's that's basically the, <laughs> the, the description of her in, in the movie. Um, anyway... So let's see where we go from here. Is this when we f- we meet Sienna? Well, Art kills that guy with a broom handle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so mop he, handle. He finishes up, gets his you know gets dressed back up, and yeah, on his way out, we find out that he, yeah, just impaled this guy's head with a broom yeah. handle. <laughs> yeah, and then I think we meet Sienna. Okay. Yeah. So we meet Sienna. Um, Sienna and her brother Jonathan. They are kind of our our heroes. Dude, I cannot tell you how much Jonathan reminds me of my brother. Really? Yeah. Like when he was this age. Mm. He didn't wear glasses, but like otherwise, just so much like him. <laughs> um, Which I don't know how he doesn't wear glasses. Because of your family? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I, like, I don't, I don't need these. They help me when I'm, especially I mean, when I'm reading, but I, I really don't need them. And, but I'm the only person in my family who doesn't need them. <laughs> yeah, I fucking need these. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware of how blind. You are. And I, I think that my brother's mom is like has worse eyes than my mom. Really, I think so. I'm worried about my son because both sides of his heritage are fucked. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, <clears throat> so we meet. Like I said, we meet Sienna. 
Um, she is uh, putting together a Halloween costume. How old is she supposed to be? I, I mean, she's in high school, so presumably like maybe a senior. But they, she also goes to a bar and doesn't get carded. I, I can't explain <laughs> that. I, maybe it's just Halloween night. So I was like, is she in college, maybe? It didn't look like college. I didn't think so either. But I, I was trying to piece it together, and it was having a hard time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's in high school. But, I mean, it's it's a bar in New York on Halloween night. I mean, it's probably easier to slip in and out. I guess. Um. Anyway. So she's putting together a costume. Um, we come to find out that this the character that she's building um, is a, a warrior. Based uh, on a drawing that her dad did. Right. And we, we hear we hear about their dad throughout the movie, but we never really know who he is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I liked this scene because, you know, as somebody who does prop work and... and as I was watching it, I was like, Tony's going to get off on this. <laughs> yeah, well, I... I I would have liked watching it either way, but I appreciated the what the things she was doing. Is that what you appreciate about it? <laughs> they they are uh, actual costuming techniques, mm-hmm. like you know, cutting sheets airbrushing of foam. and yeah. Well, yeah, like the a Dremel good. tool and stuff. Yeah, and she's cutting sheets of foam and you know, gluing them together, contact cement. That's how you. A lot of people do their cosplay. Well, I mean, Damien Leone was a special effects artist before sure. he started directing. So I did think it was funny though. I, I was telling my dad this. Like later in the movie, she's wearing this costume throughout the you know the last third of the movie, um, and that involves dancing around at a club, and then all the shit she goes through with art, and this thing doesn't lose a piece. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry, but foam costuming is not that resilient. <laughs> that thing would have fallen apart long ago. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. So she's building the costume, um, and uh, yeah, we meet her brother Jonathan, who's what is twelve? Is he's that twelve? Him? Yeah, um, and he seems to be has this weird obsession with art, who's become like this almost like a Michael Myers type uh, entity in this area now. He's a legend, yeah, yeah. He is legend <laughs> in that you know he killed eight people, you know, brutally maimed. A ninth, and then just disappeared. Well, he presumably killed himself and then disappeared. Yeah, and he's been gone for for a year now. Um, let's see. Uh, but yeah, and so he's like I said, he's got this obsession with art. He plans to dress as him for Halloween, and this obviously upsets both Sienna and her and their mom. Um, and basically her mom's, their mom says like, you know, puts a kibosh on it and says, you are not dressing up like him. This is so fucked up. Tasteless. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so then there's this weird dream sequence that went on for a long time yeah. before a dream. And I'm just like, where's this going? <laughs> and is this actually a dream? Because it, it's actually not really... Sh- well, no, I take that back. It is shown as a, as a dream. Because mm-hmm. it shows... Hey, it shows her sleeping. Yeah, she's, she's watching TV, and she's kind of drifting off to sleep. And she wakes up in this weird fucking, like... It almost looks like a... It looks like a children's TV uh, set. Yeah. Yeah, like... Um, like Roscoe the Raccoon. 
Sure. Was that something? Yeah. Oh. You know who was on Roscoe the Raccoon? That guy? (laughs) (laughs) Me and Jeremy and Sarah were all on it. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. One of the, yeah, just locally shot children's TV shows. Yeah. Like a JP Patches or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all these kids are just singing about clowns. The clown cafe. Clown cafe. Yeah. Food's a little funny at the clown cafe. <laughs> um, but they're not kids. They're all, you know, probably realistically probably like in their early twenties. They look like the the kid from the Mexican soap opera on Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> El amor prohibido. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. And then we pan over and we see Sienna is actually on this set. And she's as confused as we are. But she's got like these pippy long stocking yeah, braids. Like curling out. Um, and fake, she, fake freckles. Yeah. And she's just like, what the fuck? And uh, was her outfit supposed to look like Chucky? There's a few kind of referential things in this that I kind of picked up on. I, I didn't know if this was supposed to look like Chucky or if it was just kind of. I don't know. she's wearing overalls and a striped shirt. So. Was it striped? I thought it was like poke. Oh, no, I guess it was striped. Yeah. I, I don't think it was intentional, but, yeah. but who knows? Like I said, I picked up a couple of referential things, and this is kind of one of those ones where I was like, it could be, but I'm not sure if it is. So I would say it, it, it's kind of kismet that we did Halloween with this uh, movie, because this one was putting off serious Halloween vibes. Yeah. The whole movie. Very Halloween. Yeah. Um. And uh, anyway, so yeah, in this dream sequence, she's like there. There is a uh, the seems like the host or like the musical the banjo player. Yeah, yeah. she's just singing, and she's like, and you know, welcome our host or our special guest, Art the Clown, and Art pops out from this hot dog stand, and um, yeah, the Clown Cafe is actually like a food truck. Yeah. So he comes out and he starts handing out uh, like candy and you know popcorn balls and and uh, caramel apples, apples yeah. yeah to all the kids and she then he picks out a very special present for Sienna, hands it to her and she opens it up it's wrapped in newspaper <laughs> yeah and she's like and he's like you know kind of gesturing open it open it and she's shaking her head no and he's like yeah. Yeah, you know, he kind of gets aggressive. Like, I mean, just the look in his face is just like, you know, fucking open it. Yeah. And so she opens it up, and inside is a beating heart. Yep. Surrounded by like worms and maggots and shit. Right. Uh, and I think it's about this time when Art reaches into his little bag of tricks and pulls out a fucking Tommy gun <laughs> and starts gunning down the audience. Uh, he just takes out everyone, and it, well, except for Sienna, who I think she got shot, shot in the leg. Shot in the leg, and so she's just trying to crawl away. He reaches in his bag. Art reaches in his bag again, pulls out a blowtorch, and just while she's still singing and playing her banjo, lights this host on fire, and <laughs> she just keeps playing. She just keeps playing. And uh, yeah, so he's just decimating this entire set, and. She wanders into the neighboring set where they're shooting a cereal commercial for Art Art Krispies, Art Krispies, something like that. Yeah, and which involves 
just kind of base like rice puff cereal. And then it has special treats like razor blades and needles and broken glass <laughs> and bugs. Well, she reaches into the box for the special treat or for the special the toy know, inside. The toy inside. Free toy inside. Free toy inside. And inside is this sword that was given to her by her dad. I do want to point out at this part, she's like, she knows what's in the box. And she's like digging around. And like me and Max's wife and Max are all just like, turn the box upside down. <laughs> or open it from the bottom. Yeah. Um, she pulls out the sword just as Art is about to light her on fire. The sword deflects all the fire, and she wakes up to her wings that she has been painstakingly making for her costume on fire. Burninating. Uh, so the next morning, you know, her, her mom's giving her grief, you know, saying, you know, you, I can't believe you left a fucking candle burning uh, in your room overnight. And she's like, I didn't, I didn't. They just, and she's like, well, do they spontaneously combust? I mean, yeah, they did. <laughs> And she discovers that so many things. <laughs> Sienna says, "Yeah, I fucking guess." They- oh, she doesn't say fuck, but she's like, "I guess so." And she's seen, you know, so many things. I mean, aside from her uh, wings on her dresser have just burned to ash, except for the sword. Mm-hmm. Even with its wooden handle, just is completely unscathed. So that we we know there's something about this sword. Don't know what, but there's something. Anyway, um, let's see. We jump ahead, and Jonathan sees his dickhead friends playing around with a dead possum, and that's when uh, Principal Felissa Rose comes and tells these kids to fuck off and like has the possum cleared out. I think I was the only person in this theater who knew who Felissa Rose was. <laughs> yeah, I leaned over and my dad, and he's like, do you recognize her? No. I was like, he's- really? I would have thought your dad would know. I mean, I, he doesn't have the thing for faces like I do. Mm. Um, Maybe but, if she went, <laughs> I'm like, he's she's the the, the girl from uh, Sleepaway Camp, Angela. Like, oh, really? Yeah, man, fucking fucking Angela, man. We having this discussion? She's there. a boy. <laughs> um. Anyway, later on, I, sh- I should want to point out that one of these. I don't know if they're friends, really, but these kids that he was talking to, one of them is actually Daniel Sun's son in Cobra Kai, yeah. who is much older now. So clearly, this movie was filmed quite a while ago. Yeah, and at least I, this these scenes. Yeah, and actually, that makes sense because um, you said you didn't stick around for the Damien Leone thing at, at the end, but apparently they got held up by COVID. I mean, like every movie did, sure, and delayed for I don't even know how long. So, I mean, you know, kids of that age, they grow, they grow so fast. Um, but it's funny just because this kid was so young in this movie, about the age that he probably would have been in like, you know, the first or second season of Cobra Kai. So, you know, there's clearly been that many years since they filmed that scene, at least. Hmm. <clears throat> anyway, later on in the day, Jonathan uh, encounters Art and the little pale girl. Playing in the hallway of the school with the possum. Now, Jonathan can see the little pale girl. I feel like she can appear when she wants to because Sienna sees her. 
as far as I could tell, the only one who couldn't see her was the dude in the laundromat. It seemed like everyone else could see her. Yeah, it really did seem that way. <clears throat> anyway, um, so they're playing around with this possum, and then they, f- when they, I don't know, if Jonathan gasps or something, but they see him standing there, throw the possum at him. I think he, I think he says, "Oh my god!" Something, yeah, something, something along, along those lines. lines yeah. And uh, they throw the possum at him, and he runs away. And that's when it, you know, of course, a teacher sees him running, sees the dead possum in the hallway. So now he's in deep shit. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so he gets basically grounded, and you know, he's not allowed to go out trick or treating. He's he's you know he's, he's home for the night. Um. Sienna is having. I don't know. Like, wait. Uh, let's see. Okay, so so Sienna needs to replace the wings that were burned. So she goes to a Halloween store. This is one of the better scenes. <laughs> so good. Uh, she goes with her friend Allie. Is that her name? Uh, Callie, I think. Callie. No, it's Allie. Allie. Yeah, no, Allie. Callie. She goes with her, with her friend Allie, <clears throat> and you know she's as a true costumer prop maker would be like i can't believe i'm buying something in a fucking store yeah like i i related that so much because i fucking hate buying anything from a halloween store that i could just make myself it just drives me nuts but sometimes you got to do what you got to do so she's buying these just you know cheap chinese made angel wings to replace the ones that were burned up and this is when her and Allie encounter art no i guess Allie had left yeah, Allie, Allie ran into him on her way out, so she did encounter Art. Right. Like, she literally ran into him. Right. He's just standing there, you know, being a creep like he does. <laughs> like, why stands, comes into the doorway and just, like, leans against the door frame and just watches Sienna. Yeah, and just... just like, she goes to leave and he just won't move. <laughs> She's like... Yeah, she has to walk, just, like, squeeze past him. And, and he's just like... Just watches her with his eyes. Doesn't move his head at all, but just watches her with his eyes. Yeah. David's ability to just hold a grin for so long is amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, I, like most people, am able to smile. I cannot just hold a smile, especially a big toothy grin like that. Yeah. For minutes on end. I just can't do it. Um. Anyway, so she goes to pay for her stuff and... Art has followed her up to the register, and she's like, "Oh my, I don't." She says, "I don't, I don't have my bag. I left it downstairs." Right as she says that, Art comes and slams her bag up on the counter, and you know she's very, very put off because who she, wouldn't be? Yeah, I mean, like there have been, you know, police sketches and descriptions of Art, and it's very, it's a very Halloween esque type plot point where throughout this movie, people are saying, "Oh, you know, he's." He's, people are going to be dressing up like that asshole all over the place now. Yeah, I mean, even uh, Jonathan wanted to do it. Yeah. Which, did you notice that not a single other person was dressed up as art? Yeah. <laughs> After all that, nobody was dressed as art. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, she's trying to pay, and uh, Art's back. And you, anybody who hasn't seen the movie has definitely seen these pictures. Of him back there trying on goofy sunglasses. <laughs> these ones that look like sunflowers. 
And he's just standing there smiling. And then he puts on ones that look like hands. And he just goes... And then he gets the horn, which was the best part. No, I don't say the best. The, The funniest part of the first movie was when he's, he's tormenting Victoria with that fucking horn. <laughs> he comes up to Sienna and he like holds it up and she's like, please don't. <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's not like once. It's like... <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so yeah, she pays her stuff and she, she takes off. Art follows her up to the door, locks the door, puts the clothes sign up, and kills the guy who was slinging him shit for harassing Santa. Uh, he it's so great because like he walks up to the counter and he puts the horn on the counter and the guy's like you know seven ninety nine or whatever. Yeah, and Art's just like digging through this trash bag full of stuff and he's just putting like bone saws and all his stuff up on the counter. Yeah, f- fucking meat cleaver. And every once in a while he's just like random change. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, dude, if you don't have money, you can get the fuck out. And he's like, no. Oh. And then he finds like a, a finds a tent or something. Covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh Okay, and so that's when he goes and locks the door. Uh, I think, right? No, he had already locked the door. Did he? Okay. Yeah. So um Yeah, okay, so yeah, he grabs the guy from over the counter. Yeah, pulls him over the counter. Grabs the meat cleaver and just starts wait, does he he, he bashes he, his head first, right? No, he hits him with the meat cleaver, like in the head, in the side of the head. And oh, so right. it like cracks his skull open so his <laughs> brain's exposed. <laughs> and like the way they did this seems so cool because like the, the head that they used is animatronic. Mm-hmm. So like the eyes and the mouth are still moving as Art is just like hacking this guy's head off. Yeah. And you know, f- another thing that they were, that uh, I think it was David was saying in the, in the stuff after the movie, um, this was all an interview that they did with um, the boot crew on Bloody Disgusting. You familiar? Yeah. Okay. Must be fucking nice. <laughs> I mean, we've had Damien on the show. Yeah, why wasn't ours on a big theater? Nobody cares. Nobody, I care. Nobody cares, Taylor. Nobody cares, Sean. <laughs> um, I care. <laughs> I need clout. <laughs> Clout's got airborne. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, so uh, David was saying that because of COVID, it gave Damien more time to just come up with amp, up. amp things shit, yeah. amp things up. Apparently, the scene with Allie, they had already shot that or most of it, and that that they were busy shooting that when things locked down. And so basically, he went back. I think he said he like rewrote several things, boosted a lot of scenes that they just didn't have time for before and that's why everything in this movie is i mean the first movie for being a a low budget independent movie the effects were amazing and that really lends itself to having a special effects artist as your director Mm -hmm. this one night and day like the effects in this were so much better yeah it it, i wouldn't go as far to say like a major studio no, I mean, there's still, like, clear parts where it's it's clearly effects and it doesn't look, you know, like, there's parts where, like, someone gets their chest caved in and you can see, like, flaps and stuff. Like, yeah. It's like, it's not perfect, but it's still really good. Yeah. 
And it's it's it works. It works with this movie. Yeah. It's because it's got this 80s grindhouse slasher feel to it, just like the first one, and it all works. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, he 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 kills this guy. He just mangles his head with a meat cleaver before just completely depacketating him. Um, and then uh, let's see where we go from here. <laughs> Mom and her son come up to the door. She's like, oh, it's locked. And they look and they see all the decorations and Art's just standing there holding the guy's head. Right. <laughs> um, let's see. Is the alley scene next? Because <laughs> Allie's handing out candy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Allie is yeah at home handing out candy for the tr- tr- uh, trick or treaters, and Art comes up with his bag, you know, his, his plastic bag out, wanting candy, and Allie's just like, uh, "No, you no candy for adults. Get out of here. Piss off." Uh she closes the door and he pounds on it again. And she's like, I told you to fuck off. And he puts out his bag. She's like, look, if I give you candy, will you leave? And he, he nods yes. So she goes, grabs the candy and puts it in his, or she, she throws, throws it at him. <laughs> and she sees inside of his bag all these, you know, implements of death. <laughs> and she's just like, get, get the fuck out of here. So she closes the door and watches him walk away. Later that night, she's getting ready for the Halloween party she's going to, um, and there's a, sh- a shatter somewhere in the house. She goes down and sees the black the back door slider is broken in, and so she's like, oh, fuck. And then Art just steps out of the darkness, fills up a cup of water, drinks it down, and then just grabs, uh, what is it, like a scalp? I mean, it's... I think it was a scalpel. Scalpel, yeah. yeah. Out of his bag. And then starts chasing her through the house. <laughs> and I love the way that art is presented because he doesn't hide in the shadows like everybody, like Michael or or, or Jason do. He's just there. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no secrecy. He's just coming for you. It's fucking awesome. Um chases her up to her room. Um and uh, just he, he starts stabbing her. Breaks her arm first, doesn't he? I don't think that was first. That wasn't no. first? He starts stabbing the shit out of her. And she's like, oh, and then he, so, okay. <laughs> right. This is like the best scene in the movie. This whole thing was just amazing. He grabs her by her hair, pulls her up, cuts from right above her eyebrow down through her cheek, cutting through her eyeball in the process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Then he scalps her. Then he throws her on the bed, continues to stab her, grabs her arm, breaks it at the elbow, and then rips it off. Yep. <laughs> then tears her hand in half, up to, like almost up to the elbow, or her other hand. So she's just fucked on both sides. And, uh, or maybe this is when she, he scalps her. I don't think he'd scalped her yet. Now I'm thinking about it. I don't remember this. The order. Yeah. The, the, the order is pretty inconsequential. Yeah. <laughs> it all happens. 
So she's just getting fucked four ways from Sunday. Um, and I can't remember if this happens right then or, you know, the next scene, but Allie's mom comes home. Allie, I'm home. Where are you? She goes and sees that the back door shattered well, in. Before that, Allie is like wallowing in the ground and Art leaves. And she's like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I can't believe you fucking forgot this. I can't believe I forgot it. There's, oh, I mean, like I said, this is a two, two and a half hour movie. And there's stuff happening in almost every scene. So it's, it's hard to keep it all straight. Yeah, Art leaves and she's just like, you know, sitting there bleeding. And, you know, trying to scream for help. And all of a sudden, Art's trying comes... to get to her cell phone because Sienna's yeah, calling her. Yeah. Art comes back in with a bottle of bleach and a, one of the big ass tubs of salt <laughs> and just starts dumping both all over her and just like grinding it into her wounds. Yeah. It's like not trying to kill her. I mean, with this, just yeah. make it miserable. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And yeah, then, then her mom comes then home. Then her mom comes home, sees the door shattered, you know, and starts panicking, of course. Uh, so she starts screaming, you know, looking for Allie, goes up to Allie's room where he finds her on the bed with Art. She's like sitting up on the bed. Yeah. And Art is sitting next to her. Who has completely eviscerated her. Yeah. And he is just like filleting her leg. Yeah. He's just taking strips off. She is like half skeletal at this point. He has just cut so much from her bones. And she's still she's alive. Still alive. She looks up and says, Mom. Mom. <laughs> ah! Like, the only reaction I could have was, what the fuck? <laughs> I think both, me, you know, people tell me all the time that my dad and I are so much alike. And sometimes I see it, like, in the way we react to certain things. Like, we both just went, oh, man. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the next, the next scene, we see trick-or-treaters at the door. Art answers it with Allie's mom's head carved out, out with candy inside. And they're grabbing it, you know, the kids are grabbing candy and the mom's with them. Is It's okay. It's fake blood. And I lean over <laughs> to my, it feels like it's sticky. I lean over, leaned over to my dad. I'm like. You know, people in movies and TV shows or something, they're, they're always like, oh, it's just fake blood. It's fake blood. It's like fake blood does not smell like pennies. <laughs> I mean, it's Halloween and people are naive, so. I guess. But it's like, you can smell blood. Yeah. And maybe he used the bleach. Maybe. <laughs> uh, fuck. Let's see. What's next? So Sienna hooks up with her friend, her other friend, uh, Brooke. Brooke, yeah, uh, to go to this. this uh, they they told their moms they were going to a party, but they're really just going, going to a club, going to yeah, a a bar. club. <laughs> no, it's New York. You have to call it a club. Oh. <laughs> um. So they get in and they meet up with I, I presume Brooke's boyfriend, or at least fuck buddy or something. Yeah. I didn't catch his name. Uh, God, a part of me wants to say Frank again, but I don't think that's right. You fucking Frank. <laughs> so many fucking Franks. Eric? 
That doesn't sound right. Sean? Nobody cares, Sean. <laughs> uh, are you just naming names or are you actually looking at these something? Are, these are names in the cast. <laughs> okay. It's got to be Eric or Sean. Uh, it's not Eric. Eric is one of, is uh, Jonathan's friend. Oh, right. Okay, and Sean must be the other one. I, I Jeff. Yef? It is Jeff. Got it. Hefe. I am Jeff. And these two are Jeffrey. <laughs> um Yeah, so they're they're in 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 the in the club uh popping off pop, pop popping bottles. Popping bottles. Doing shots of whiskey and drinking rum and coke. And her friend, so the, her friend orders a, a vodka and coke. Vodka soda, yeah. Or sorry, vodka soda, yeah. And Sienna gets a rum and coke. Okay, fine. But then there were shots of whiskey. And you shouldn't mix light and dark liquors, especially when you're youngin'. Yep. Fuck, I don't even like mixing liquors, period. Fair, yeah. Um. Anyway, so, you know, Sienna's still a little apprehensive about everything because <laughs> she's had a, 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 a you know a weird couple of days um i feel like i'm missing stuff but i'm, I'm trying to decide how important it really is so she, she she's kind of dancing around and she starts you know she starts vibing feeling the music and you know she starts She's having so sweaty. Yeah, so so sweaty. She starts having more fun, and you know she starts talking to. to why do I keep wanting to say Debbie? Where's Debbie, Debbie coming from? I don't know. Adam's family values. <laughs> Brooke. She's talking to Brooke, and she's like, oh, "Fuck, I can't even remember what she was saying." But, but you know, basically, I think she was like thanking her for. Like from forcing her out and making her have a good time. Something along those lines, yeah. And uh and Brooke's just like I slipped you, Molly. Yeah. And that's when she's like, What? And she, but I've never been on Molly myself, but I have been around people who are, and they have one emotion. That's just pure jubilation. <laughs> Unless they're having a bad trip, then things start going sideways. So I felt like this was like Schrodinger's Molly, where like the fact that they were on Molly doesn't really seem to affect them at all. Like I thought there was going to like she was gonna have a vision or something, but there's really nothing no reason for them to be on Molly. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, I didn't really think about that, but yeah, there... I kept waiting for the reason they were on Molly and it just didn't come with well, the story. I mean Oh, okay. Actually, you know what? So she tries to be mad, but she can't because she's on fucking Molly. Uh, but she starts to have a freak out in the middle of the club. Um, when she sees a little pale girl. Yeah. And she's like, did you see that girl? Did you see her? And, you know, she starts freaking out. Uh, and then she she screams. I, I can't remember what it was she screamed. Because like, she kept seeing the, the little pale girl like on the other side of the club and then all of a sudden she was right next to her and that was why she screamed right okay yeah and she just collapses to the floor 
in like a fetal position almost and just screaming. And so they, they leave and apparently everybody's sobered up now, which lends to your point. It's like, that's not how drugs work. Right. Um, but yeah. And so now Sienna's just pissed off and, and she's like, just take me home. And, and Debbie is just, <laughs> And Brooke is just like, what the fuck was that, Sienna? It's like, I gave you half a pill of Molly. Like, what? what is wrong with you? And she's like, she's like, you shouldn't have reacted like that from a little bit of Molly. Uh, and she says, and Xanax. She's like, you didn't tell me you were on fucking Xanax. It's like, she shouldn't have to tell you she's on Xanax. You shouldn't be drugging your friends. Yeah, she shouldn't have to worry about her friend spiking her drink. That's not how friends work. Yeah. Anyway, so she gets... Okay, so back to Jonathan. He is at home, and their mom finds him in Sienna's room, and he's showing her their dad's sketchbook. He's a an artist again he he developed the character that sienna's dressed up as but also a very you know prolific artist shows and we've actually seen the sketchbook a couple times in the movie before but we see all of these things that their dad drew without having any like immediate context or or involvement with we recognize them as the victims from the first movie. Um, why am I totally spacing on their names? Um, Victoria. Tara, Tara, Victoria. Actually, Victoria wasn't in there. But Tara. Um, what the hell is Catherine Corbett's name? They weren't drawings, though. They were uh, paintings, whatever. You know. No, they were news articles. Well, no, there were also news articles in it. Oh. But there was, yeah, there was drawings of... Dawn. Dawn, thank you. Tara, Dawn, the 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 um, guy that was there, uh, the exterminator, I guess he, he was the exterminator, um, and art. Along with that, a bunch of articles surrounding the massacre. And Jonathan's saying, this is dad... I keep calling him daddy, which is... It's weird. A, it's a weird. You're too like, old to be calling your dad. Yeah, daddy. when you, I think like maybe like eight years old is when you should stop calling your parents mommy and daddy. Although. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Um. So he um. Lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, so she's like, you see, daddy was drawing these things, and she says your dad was sick. I don't ever want to see this fucking thing again. And she tears it to pieces. Jonathan's like, you're a bitch. Yeah. So she hauls off and smacks him, and he he takes off. Um, he calls, she calls Sienna while she, I guess is while she's still at the club. Calls Sienna, says you're, or I guess she went out to the garage and saw that the car was covered. It was, the windows were soaped. Um or it's covered in shaving cream. Covered in shaving cream. There's a pumpkin smashed on the on the hood. It was a it was a fake pumpkin. So they must have been shooting this off season or something. Oh, so otherwise, why don't you just smash a real pumpkin? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and yeah, and toilet paper. And, and bitch she, was written in the shaving cream on the windshield. Right. 
So she calls Sienna and says, I'm fucking done with your brother. I'm calling the doctor tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just done. Um, I can't handle this shit anymore. And Sienna's just like, I love you. <laughs> She's like, are you fucking drunk? She's like, no, I'm on no. Molly. <laughs> And she's like, no, I, you know, she has this very heartfelt thing. She's like, I, I love you, and I, I don't tell you that enough. And everything with Jonathan, it's gonna be okay, I promise. So she kind of calms down, and she goes out to clean up the car, wipes the shaving cream off the window, and there sitting Art with his very shot off, sawed off shotgun, and blows her head he away. Just explodes her head. <clears throat> And then I go and spoil it all by doing something <laughs> stupid like explode you. <laughs> Jonathan comes back home uh, calling for his mom, sees her lifeless body propped up. <laughs> this is something I kept seeing referenced online and didn't know the context. Uh, talking about art smashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's propped up at the din- dining room table. Art comes in, ringing a dinner bell. Wearing an apron. Wearing an apron. <laughs> like a frilly apron. With a bowl of mashed potatoes. He serves her up a dollop and then grabs it and stuffs it into her exploded face. Into the hole where her face used to be. <laughs> and it's like, this is the kind of shit where, like, when the first movie came out, and actually even to this day, people would just say... Terrifier is just a mean-spirited, gross splat fest. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that. this is the kind of stuff where it's just mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jonathan takes off. He runs upstairs. Always run fucking upstairs. Yeah. Run out the f- front door. Stupid fucking All he had to do was go left instead of right, and he would be out the front door. Um. He runs upstairs into Sienna's room, and I think he's he's trying to grab the sword. Mm-hmm. Art chases him down, takes out this comically large syringe full of God knows what. Or I guess he does this in the dining room, but he chases him through the house with it. Gets him, pins him down. Jabs him in the neck. Yeah, and then he finds the sword and presumably takes it with him. Now back to Sienna, who's bitching at her friend in the car about drugging her. Um, she gets a call from Jonathan, who we know. And we see is the little pale girl. Yeah. Uh, saying, you know, I'm at the old carnival grounds. My friends left me here. Right. Um, and they... Let's see. Sienna's like, we have to go get him. And Brooke is just like, no, fuck him. He's, he's a little prick. Like, yeah. And then he's, he's playing a prank on you. I guarantee it. Yeah, and then Yef is like, eh, it's not that far. We can just we can just go there. And Brooke's just being a bitch because <laughs> I think that's what Brooke does. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. So they go to the carnival, and she, Santa is you know calling for Jonathan, and then gets a text from him. You know, I'm trying to, I'm here. What, where are you? Where the fuck are you? I'm trying to find you. She's like, I'm, I'm, it says, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Yeah. She says, where? And he says, the, the terrifier. terrifier, all caps. 
And we see the Terrifier is this, on the outside, a very, it seems like a very typical carnival haunt house. Mm-hmm. But on the inside, it is the most fucking awesome haunt I've ever seen. <laughs> I did like to that the, the font is like the same Terrifier font. Yeah, that, that was cool. It looked almost like it was soup, like a. I think CGI. I think it was CGI. Yeah. Um. So she wanders inside, um, and uh, she's you know it's it's a it's a maze. I mean that's how they're laid out. You you wander through the maze and you know, all this shit's hopping out of her and like some of it's like hopping out at her. What did I say? She's hopping out of her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hopping out at her. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> Debbie, <laughs> Jeff are back in the car. <laughs> Fucking Debbie. <laughs> I don't know. She looks like a Debbie, I guess. <laughs> you look like a Debbie. I'm gonna call you Debbie. <laughs> um, they're uh, doing coke and dry humping, right? And then uh, something happens. Where she's, he gets pissed off at her for some reason, and he like unbuckles himself and gets out of the car. And no, just, he goes to take a pee pee. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he gets out, and she's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I have to take a pee pee. Do you want to hold it?" <laughs> I've never heard "I have to take a pee pee" sound funnier. <laughs> was he mad, or am I just remembering it that way? I don't remember if him if he was mad. I don't remember why he would be mad. Because it didn't seem like like the very, you know, like 30 seconds later, it didn't seem like he was mad. So I, Yeah, because he like came up to the other side and like spooked, spooked her. Right. Um. So he goes out behind the car to take a piss. Just hanging, hanging dong. Not actually hanging dong. But just taking a piss and whatever fake dick he was using was just dribbling all over the place. <laughs> um. But uh, that was she, a power stream too, <laughs> right? Brooke looks over to the driver's side window and sees just the tip written on it. Which <laughs> he was wearing a shirt that said "just the tip" with a knife with blood on the end of it. Yeah, it was round. Was it? The end of the knife was round. Yeah, oh, I didn't catch that. Anyway, because I think it was supposed to look like a peepee. <laughs> That's when Art pops out of nowhere. Stabs him in the dick so many times. And stabs and stabs and stabs. And then rips his dick off. Just bare hands. Just grabbed it and just pulls. Yanks. He comes up to the window and Brooks in there screaming and he wipes the bloody dick all over the window and then busts it out and Brooke takes off running. And Art chases her into this Kendo, was it an actual bathroom or was it just something in the maze? I think it was just something in the maze, but it seemed like Art had kind of like made it his home. Yeah, it was you know, Art just pa- the- like written on the window or the mirror in blood. Yeah, and it said Art was here. Art was here. The- yeah, was it blood? It looked like shit. It, like, it like could have been either. An homage to the to the first movie. Yeah, it could have been either. Um, but yeah, it was just like this dirty, shitty bathroom. Whether or not it was a real bathroom, I have no idea. But she chases he chases her down into there and. Um, what does he hit? Oh, he's got this big table leg just covered in spikes or like, nails and uh, uh, knife blades and, and yeah, I think tongs or tangs from a fork, <laughs> uh, and just bludgeons her with it. 
and busts open her chest cavity and pulls out her heart and starts eating it. Yep. Um, which seems out of character for Art. I thought so too. But if you think, um, at the end of the first movie, when they roll, roll him into the corner, said they found this guy eating the face off of a girl. Mm. So it's not super apparent, but apparently he does have a taste does for enjoy flesh. a nice, nice bite every night. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Sienna's still making her way through the maze, trying to find Jonathan. And, um, you know, yeah, like I said, shit's just jumping out of her, out of her, <laughs> uh, on left and right. And, um, I think art finds her, right? Or am I missing anything here? I mean, Jonathan's just hiding. Yeah. You see him hiding behind like a curtain. Yeah. Jonathan is woken up. Um, and he, yeah, he's, he's hiding somewhere in the maze and Sienna's looking for him, obviously. She finds, <laughs> I almost just like in earnest said Debbie. <laughs> she finds Brooke's dead body and starts kind of losing her shit. And that's when you've probably seen this in the trailer. Art's just standing there in the doorway and she sees him. It's like the same thing, way he was standing at the costume shop. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, she's just like breathing heavily and like, panicked and he starts coming after her and she takes off and so uh, just to kind of sum things up there's you know a a lot of back and forth cat and mouse through this haunt Um, she eventually finds Jonathan um, and uh, he starts whipping Jonathan with his with his cat of nine tails his his homemade cat and eye tails that has like fucking scissors and scalpels yeah. and a bunch of shit. He starts whipping Jonathan with that, and um, he then starts. Sienna, you know, runs over to him and covers him up to you know protect him with her own body, and it gets stuck on her. I don't know if it got stuck on her costume or in her, but no, she, she she grabbed it. Did she? Because it looked like the scissors were stuck on her arm. Oh, maybe it hit her her gauntlet, but maybe. Uh, I thought she grabbed it. Either way, she manages to pull it away from him and starts whipping him to shit with it. Uh, beating him, you know, just beating him down to the ground, and then she pulls this piece of rebar off this kind of like, you know... Fence. It was a, it was it was a, a fence, fence prop, yeah. yeah. Um, and stabs him through the head with it. <clears throat> She thinks he's dead. We know he's not. Again, smash his head into fucking jelly. Um, He, is this when he pulls out the knife? No, he gets on top of her. Yeah, he he gets on top of her, and I I can't remember exactly what he's doing at this point, but Jonathan sees the sawed-off shotgun taped to his leg. So Jonathan grabs that, Blasts him in the chest, and they're trying to escape through the, through, you know, in somewhere else in the in the in the building. He catches up to him, of course. Uh, takes out this sword that he took from Sienna's room, rams her through the gut, and she goes falling through several floors, or maybe one floor. I don't know. 
uh, just, you know, there's always for dramatic effect in these old buildings, there's always an opening in the floor that's covered up with wooden boards, you know, for, <laughs> for somebody thin to, planks, yeah. for somebody to easily smash through. There's no real reason for them to be there. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know warehouses, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> uh, so she falls to the floor below. Art comes down to join her, and um, there is this red ring ceremonial hole in the ground. Yeah, yeah like, surrounded by a bunch of blinking. Uh, I guess they're not blinking, like, but like you know, stuff you'd find on like a vanity. Yeah, like the old school, uh, like um, uh, not filigree. What's that Fil- stuff? Filament. Filament uh, light bulbs. Yeah. Something you'd see at like a carnival or a circus or right. something. Yeah. To, you know, to light up signs. Uh, it, it, I mean, this whole thing looks very cl- clownish. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? I guess he must. That's when he stabs her and he pushes yeah. her into that. So yeah, he, that's what he, I thought you were talking about. He must have just knocked her back somehow. I, I can't remember exactly what he did, but knocked her back to make her fall through this thing. He goes down there, picks her up, stabs her in the gut with the sword, and pushes her in to this hole that we don't we don't know where it goes. <clears throat> he goes back up to find Jonathan, who was also knocked out. I, again, I can't remember exactly what happened, but he's like, <laughs> it's funny. He's trying to wake him up, and Jonathan's yeah. just out like a light. And he's like, you know, slapping him in the face, tapping him on the forehead. He, like, and, he picks it, picks up his hand and drops it. Yeah, and both me and Max in unison went. <laughs> That um, was for people at home. We we lifted one finger for like a, in wrestling, a referee will to check if someone's conscious. They'll do it three times. Right. He um. We see Sienna wake up again back in the clown cafe set, but in a tank of water. In a in a tank of like a like a like, like a magician's yeah. thing, yeah. And she's wrapped around the ankle with some kind of tentacle of some sort. a tentacle or a vine or something, yeah. So she's stuck in this water, you know, drowning and bleeding out at the same time. And, you know, we basically see her succumb to her injuries. We go back up and we see Jonathan, who's coming out of it, and we hear a squishing sound in the background, so we know that's not good. (laughs) And, of course, we see Art making a meal out of his hand. Uh, he hits him with something, I think, and manages to scurry away. Scurry away. <laughs> and um, in the meantime, we go, you know, we're jumping back and forth between Sienna and, and, you know, what's going on with Art. And he, so the sword that's been left at the opening of, of whatever hole this is uh, starts to glow. This was a little, a little cheesy. <laughs> So, I mean, just kind of jumping ahead. Not only was this a little cheesy, I don't understand why any of it happened. I think he's probably saving a lot of this for Terrifier 3. I would hope so, because otherwise it's just empty story. Right. Because like when we came out of the theater, we were all just like, so why was the dad magic? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I have to assume that Damien has a plan for probably... A, he did a- say he was writing two. He's like like two more sequels. Yeah, yeah. He has a plan for like two more, two more movies, and he probably already knows where it's going. Um. So, uh, yeah. So the the sword starts glowing, and at the same time, the wound in Sienna's stomach starts glowing, 
It uh, starts healing up. She manages, or she comes back to life, manages to escape whatever's holding her down, whatever's wrapped around her ankle. She comes back up to the surface and grabs the sword. She makes her way back up to the floor above and sneaks up behind Art and just catches him right in the crux between his neck and his uh, shoulder. And she's just, you know, Art's reeling from this and he's she's just pacing after him, just chopping the shit out of him. And when he basically realizes that he's that he's done, he just kind of smiles, tilts his head, and lets Sienna just go says, to town. Fuck, on basically him. says, "Fucking do it!" Like Sienna just hacks and hacks away till his head's off. Uh, they start walking away, and the little pale girl comes and picks up Art's head and just walks off into the darkness with it. Yeah, and that's the end. Until the mid-credits scene, <laughs> where we go to, uh, I don't know what the place. Something County, what Mills County. Mills County Hospital. Psychi- psychiatric. Psychiatric. So you know the word I'm looking for. Yeah, that one. Hospital. <laughs> um, so we see a um, um, female attendee. Um, she is leaving a patient's room um and she goes down to the front desk where uh orderly chris jericho is sitting there fucking chris jericho why was he in this i mean i i know i think they're 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 buddies or or something or they, they know each other in passing jericho probably reached out to him and asked him to put him in it maybe um <laughs> it's like because i knew he was in this and I knew it was, and the movie ended. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, same here. When the credits started rolling, I turned to, to Max's wife and I was like, I guess I could say her name. She's been on the show. I turned to Avalon and I was like, I thought Chris Jericho was in this. And she's like, me too. Yeah. And then the car- credits are rolling. Yeah. And it says Burke, Chris Jericho. I'm like, who the fuck is Burke? And I was like, did I miss something? And yeah, then, I didn't leave to vomit or faint. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so many people were leaving. And I lean over to my dad. I'm like, have people not learned anything like the last 10 years? Um, and then, you know, it says Damien Leone's Terrifier 2. And then I th- I think that's what happened. And then it goes to this psychiatric hospital. Yeah. <clears throat> he says, you know, how's it going up there? And she, she says, uh, you know, I've been tending to our celebrity guest. We find out this guest is Victoria from the first movie because after... She was mangled and, you know, rehabbed. She now, we've, we find out that actually the opening scene of Terrifier was now. It was this, it was actually set in the, f- a year in the, in the future to the rest of the movie. Yeah. Because we she. We found that out at the end of Terrifier. They showed that. Because they showed her mauling the, well, they didn't show it, they talked about her mauling the host. You're right. I guess she does say a, you know a year ago, in in the interview, but the scene at the very beginning where you're watching it on a TV and Art kicks out the screen, that actually happens. So yeah. that was something that occurred. You know. Anyway, 
it was, it was a glimpse into the future of, of this movie, I guess. Um, but yeah, so she's in this mental hospital because she mauled the, the talk show host. Right. Um, and this is another, you know, example of how much things improved because her makeup is so yeah. much better. It's like, it's incredible. Um, she is in her room bleeding from her crotch profusely. Yeah. And it's she's like, like writing shit on the walls in her blood. And it's like chunky, chunky blood. <laughs> it's never good. Never. Well, period blood is chunky or can be chunky from what I'm told. Okay. Regardless, it's chunky. And in general, that's probably not what you want to see. Yeah. And there's just a lot of it. There's so much. And she's writing shit on the wall. Lot, mostly profanities, but then mm-hmm. she also writes Vic and Art forever and right. puts it in a heart. She then starts expanding from the stomach and presumably starts giving birth to something. The orderly like runs up because she hears her screaming mm-hmm. and like looks in the thing and then opens it up. And like we were sitting there going, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, uh, ah. And she opens up the door, and Victoria has given birth to Art's head. Living head, yep. I should mention. Who smiles and I think winks at her. If I remember right. Yeah. I think. I think. I don't. Yes. Yes? Yes. So that's, and that's, that's where we're left. Yeah. That's where we're sitting until Terrifier 3. Yep. I'm guessing he's going to grow up like little, like baby Colin Robinson. (laughs) Or like Deadpool. Yeah. (laughs) His body will just grow out of his head and then he'll just age like a normal person. Right. But with a giant head. So, what are your overall thoughts, Taylor? Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Yes. Uh, I. I kept hearing about people fainting and vomiting. Don't don't get it. Um, personally, I mean, I said that to my dad on our way out. I'm like, people were fainting and vomiting in the theater, and I don't know at what part that would have happened. Yeah, and I kept hearing about how like there are scenes that make the the saw scene in the first one like just pale in comparison, and I'm like, there are definitely scenes that are more violent. But I don't think there's anything as shocking. Yeah. The only thing, like, I could see people going in, maybe expecting something like it, and being overwhelmed. Sure. But even in that case, I don't understand the fainting and vomiting. Yeah. Like, honestly... um, uh, drag me to hell when the woman was like squishing the the thing that she spit up in the handkerchief. That got me closer to vomiting than anything else in this movie. <laughs> but I mean, that's just all circumstance of hype. Um, overall, I really did enjoy the movie. My my biggest gripe is that there were s- story points introduced that never got resolved, and that maybe that will happen in Terrifier three. But just watching this in a contained environment, like like I said, I was like, why is the dad magic? Who is the dad? Like, why? What is his story here? What 
involvement does he have with Art the Clown? Because we like we all thought it was me, Max Avalon, and a friend of theirs, and we all thought that there was going to be revealed their dad was Art. And we were all kind of like, <laughs> yeah, that would have been lame. Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully that doesn't turn out to be the That's case. That's true. It could still happen. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, because we, we we know that, like I said, their dad was sick. Apparently, according to Debbie, <laughs> he had like a giant tumor in his brain that was making him go crazy. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, have outbursts and, and stuff and making him see things. And As she was telling the story, because she said that he committed suicide by driving his car into a transformer. Mm-hmm. And I was like trying to remember. I was like, did that happen in the first movie? It didn't, right? No. Like we never you ever saw that. Okay. I, I was trying to remember if somebody had crashed into a transformer or, you know, something had happened with art that made somebody crash into a transformer. And I was like, I don't think that was in the first movie, but I, I haven't seen it since we did it on the show. So. Oh, you haven't watched Terrifier? Not again, no. Oh, God, I watch it every year, <laughs> at, at least once. Um, it's yeah, it's just one of my Halloween movies now. It's hard for me to watch something like that with her. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, there are things I can get away with, and then, I mean, I've said this on the show before. I I'll be watching fucking cartoons, and she'll walk in and go, "What are you watching?" <laughs> uh, yeah. So this, yeah. Those plot points, I'm sure, were intentionally left open-ended to resolve in a later movie. Sure. Um, it's frustrating, to be sure, but I'm, I I have faith in Davian to bring us more good shit. Um, yeah, I, I love this. It was everything I wanted it to be. It was very long. It was very long, although it it moved well. It did. It's just like... But it's still very long. Yeah. And like, I wonder how that will feel on a second viewing. Yes. Because apparently this is the uncut versions. I mean, this is completely unrated, uncut. Um, I don't know what that means for home media. Like, I know there's a pre-order right now for exclusively for Walmart for uncut steelbook of an uncut, of the uncut version. That's going to sell well. I already got mine in. <laughs> um, and uh, so, I, but as far as like a, a, a cut version or, you know, maybe like a rated R version, I don't know what that entails or, yeah. or what that'll, what'll, I'm just wondering what you really cut out to, to make it R. <laughs> Cause there might, I mean, there, there's stuff that you could probably fudge or maybe make shorter, but you really you cut anything out and you're cutting pieces of the story out. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um yeah, I love this. I I was so happy to finally see it. I mean, I was I was panicking a little bit when they Yeah, were, me too. Cuz I did not realize cuz I knew it was coming to streaming later this month. And I didn't it did not occur to me that it was only slated to be in the theater for one weekend. Me neither. And then it comes you know, I don't remember if it was Sunday or Monday when we were talking about it. There's like it was uh, Monday. It was Monday. There's like, uh, where are we supposed to see this? Yeah, because like the, <laughs> there's a theater right down the street from me that was showing it until Monday, and but like I was looking at their website and it said that they they announced the weekend's releases on Wednesday. Mm. So I was like, okay, so maybe come Wednesday 
it'll be there again. Yeah. And it was not. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, showing. Even after it got announced that it was extended, I was I, once it got announced that it was extended, I was like, okay, so maybe it'll be back in that theater coming Wednesday. And then Wednesday came in, it was not back. Yeah. It, it must just be doing its rounds or something because, you know, it's, this isn't the, it's, there was a time when, when actual film reels were shown. You know, there were only so many to go around. So you'd have to do it in cycles. You know, like we have 200 copies. I mean, maybe even that's big. Let's say 200 copies of this film that can go to 200 theaters. These 200 theaters will show up for a week. Then we send them to a different theater. Right. But that's not the case anymore. No, they send you a file. Yeah. Um, But I know that like for its initial run, as far as like major theaters were going, it was, it was AMC exclusively. There were little theaters like the one you're talking about that, that got their hands on it too. Oh, this is an AMC. Oh, oh really? Yeah. This one up the street here? Yeah. Like towards the, the school. Oh, we might be thinking about two different ones then. Must be. I'm talking about on the other side of the bridge. Oh, okay. That, oh, that one. Okay. I see. So yeah, then I, th- I think there were maybe like theaters here and there that had it, but it was mostly just AMC. And now it's Regal, the ones that are showing it now, or Regal Theaters, which I lucked out because we were looking at going to a theater that was probably, I mean, half an hour or so away from, from me, which wouldn't have been too bad, just kind of annoying. But then they opened, they started showing it at the Regal, like the next town over. So it was easier that way. Yeah, I had, I had to drive for about a half hour, but... Right. But I got to go with Max, so it was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the only other we, the only other solutions are the things that we were seriously eyeing before they started opening up new showings was they were showing one at this independent theater that's known for its its horror showings. Yeah, and but that was one night only. One night only, one showing that was bound you to be can't crowded. Pre-buy, you can't pre-buy tickets. As far as... As far as I could tell, yeah. No, you can't. I, I saw on their website they were like tickets available at box office only. Got it. So yeah, there's very slim chance we would have actually gotten into that one. I mean, maybe you can pre-buy them at the box office, but you can't buy them online. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I knew you can buy them online, but I I hadn't bothered to call them because it's just it's like we're probably not going to get into that. Yeah. Um, and then driving out to fucking Bremerton, which yeah, I mean that means nothing to you guys, but it's. You got to take a ferry or you got to drive all the way around the, I mean, if you know the shape of Washington, you, you know that it's got the peninsula on the outside. We would literally have to drive all the way around that peninsula. Yeah. Geographically, I think Taylor's closer. And, you know, as, as, as the crow, crow flies. flies. Yeah. But yeah, you have to take a ferry. For me to drive, I am like on the road, I'm closer. Right. But it's still probably a good 45 minutes for me to get there. So it's a bit, and we just didn't want to do that. Yeah. Anyway, so we lucked out, got to see it. Um, I'm very happy that it's doing so well because that that's good for sequels, right? Um, and this this one took everything that the first one did well and did it again, and and amped it up. You know, like I said, the production value was so much better. This definitely felt like a much more professional film. 
and the the whole feel of it was like I said, it was very felt very Halloween. Yeah, like the whole you know Michael Myers, Laurie Strode dynamic that was all very strong in this, um, and I assume they just plan to grow on that. So. Yeah, I mean, there's clearly something between you know Sienna's family and Art. There's there's something there, right? Um, She's probably his sister. <laughs> but then later we'll find out they're not really brother and sister. Right. When they retcon. <laughs> It'd be so funny if he did that just to fuck with people. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, um, yeah, I, I could probably talk online about this, but we can't talk online about this. Right. Uh, what do you say, Taylor? Nine. Yes, nine. It's like, can, can I do ten? Can I do ten? I don't know if you can do ten. For Can't a, do for ten a, for a two and a half hour long movie. Well, that that wouldn't be the issue. It's just you know, it's a issue. <laughs> not, I mean, not for me to grade it ten. I I wouldn't be looking at that. It's just purely like the film itself and stuff like that. But okay. I just yeah, there, there are little things that I would change that I think probably could have boosted it to a ten. But just weren't quite there. Anyway, cool. We did it, guys. Go this, go see it on Screenbox. This is a long minisode. They were long movies. They were long. Like movies. Halloween was almost two hours too. Right. Um. Okay. So, uh, yeah, guys. Thanks for joining us. And you know, this concludes Octoberama. We did it. Yay. So you know. We'll be ba- back next year, hopefully. Only 365 <laughs> days till next Octoberama. <laughs> 364! Uh, yeah, Octoberama is always a fun time for us, and we, we really hope you guys enjoy it. Um, yeah, just, uh, and we'll be back, not next week. Yep. Really? Yep. Fuck. That's why this is a mini-sode, bro. Right. <laughs> Okay, we'll be back next week. Back to our regular schedule. Back to our regular format. Back to life. Back to reality. I think that's uh, what four times in the last two episodes. You know, if the mood strikes. Sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, what are we going to watch, Taylor? We're going to be watching the brand new Hell. Uh, yeah, yeah, Hellraiser. That's what it's called. <laughs> um, uh, the Hulu version. Uh, you know, the, the, the lady pinhead one. <laughs> uh, and we're also going to be watching Pray for the Devil. The Devil. Did they play that trailer for you last night? Yeah, man. I think I think it has potential. Could be good. It's PG-13, I think. Is it? I think. Mm. I don't know for sure. But the trailer that I saw, I was like, that feels like it gave away a lot. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it doesn't, but... But it felt like it did. It looks very exorcist. I mean, it's about an exorcism, but it looks very akin to ex- the exorcist. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We will see. Um, yeah. So check that out here next week, guys. Five straight weeks of the Grave Plot Podcast. Can you Six. fucking believe it? Because Right? Six? No. 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 We, right. We did skip a week. Okay. Yeah, so five straight weeks of Grave Plot Podcast. Just lucky dogs. Grave Plot Podcast coming out your ass. 
Uh, Meet me in the ass. In the meantime, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us wherever they listen to their podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars. Leave a little comment in the in the comment box. Also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast, or we're on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. Also, don't forget, Grave Plot Film Fest tickets go on sale on Halloween Day, so make sure to get yours. It's going to be a lot of fun, a uh, evening filled with short horror films from around the world, graveplotfilmfest.com. Also, patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast uh, if you want to help the show monetarily and get some uh, get some cool perks in return. Fucking perks. Got to do my annual Jack Chop watching. <laughs> Did you watch the new one? Not yet. Oh. I actually, I just saw it was out today. Yeah. I actually didn't watch the whole thing, so I, I don't know how it concludes, but um, anyway. Uh, cool. Thanks again, guys. Uh, happy Halloween to you. Uh, be safe. Be loving. And uh, hope you have a good time. Wear a costume. Hand out candy. Wear a condom. I mean, yeah. I mean, condoms suck, but you got to wear them. That's right. You don't want babies. Don't nobody want babies. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants babies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>